Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. <laughs> I almost forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Gusha Cabrera. And today we are going into Sense and Sensibility chapters 17 through 22. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yes, I... Oh, so, uh, forgetting my name, first thing... That's a good indication of where this podcast might go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are recording it on a Saturday afternoon, which I consider to be the laziest point of any part of the week. Um, (laughs) I believe you might be correct in that. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like the brain is working at maybe 1% during this time of day, at least for me. Well, hopefully I can crank it up to at least 10% because I do like these chapters. <laughs> they they Me too. are kind of crazy. They go from one really place to another different place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, I'm shocked that you like these set of chapters because we get introduced to your arch nemesis. I know. I was wondering why it is that chapter two, I just want to skip when I get to it because I'm like... Ugh. I don't care. Come on, Fanny, shut up. But when I get to the Lucy chapter, who I definitely just like more, I'm like, but I love this chapter because you're so, ooh, and Eleanor, ah. (laughs) It does kind of feel like when they have their little like talk one-on-one that it does almost feel like they're like battling in a way. They're kind of going back and forth, which was kind of fun. So I could see that. I think just because I feel like Lucy is at her just you get pure. I mean, you don't even know at this point that she's being horrible. <laughs> but right. <laughs> it's like just purely it's the most like <laughs> exactly her at her most. I don't even know. What is the word for Lucy Steele? Like f- fake doesn't seem like the right word. It's like a malicious fakeness. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like she almost, yeah, it's almost like she puts on this facade of being nice and cool. And I'm like, yeah, the whole time you've been, like I said, calculating. Yeah, you know, she how acts you're gonna so get naive and guileless, but really she's just like, she knows exactly what she's doing and she's Ugh. backing Eleanor into this corner. Anyway, we that's the last chapter. So like <laughs> Let's just jump right to the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else, what was your first impression well i really enjoyed these chapters you know we got our lucy Steele introduction and i did really enjoy the like i said the back and forth between her and eleanor and eleanor being like what is going on i feel like i'm losing my mind and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i kind of forgot about lucy's sister and and yeah and about how like <laughs> just loose with the mouth she is and <laughs> how they're all like is she crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah we haven't really got to some of her best stuff but there's a lot more Anne Steele in this book than there is in any of the adaptations and I kind of like her I mean <laughs> I do too especially compared to Lucy <laughs> <laughs> it definitely feels very pinky in the brain to me where brain is Lucy Steele and pinky is Anne as Anne Steele, <laughs> where she's kind of like, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't remember Anne Steele being very malicious like Lucy, but she's just kind of a little bit doofy in a, in a certain way and <laughs> she's clueless. definitely a ditz. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, it's harmless. 
Yeah. She's like, she, I don't know. She just fits r- very well in with like Mrs. Jennings and Sir John. And with their oh, like, yeah. she loves the, the raillery of them. Right. <laughs> I was, um, when we got introduced to the, um, oh God, what are their last names? Sir John and the Middleton. Walt? Middletons. Oh, they're the Middletons. Okay. No, wait, no, 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 no. That's oh, you mean John thinking. and Fanny? No. Oh my gosh. The, um, <laughs> I was... uh, oh my God, I can't remember my, like I said, 1%. I can't remember. <laughs> we And the movie, he was played by Dr. House. Oh, <laughs> I can't oh, 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 the, name. uh, no, no, not Lucas. It's Sharp. They're, uh, Jennings. They're the no. Jennings? No, what is his name? <laughs> <laughs> to is... I can't remember. I'm so stupid. Oh Palmer, Palmer, Palmer. Palmer's. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, when we kind of like are really getting into like the thick of like the whole like garden scene where there are, he's reading the newspaper and they're all like talking. It's mainly just his wife that's talking, Mrs. Palmer. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, the scene is so vivid in my mind based on the last two adaptations, like in the movie and the series. But then I was trying to picture them in the miniseries and I could not remember what they looked like for the life of me. And I don't know if it was because they were funnier in the movie, but mm. I was like, oh, I forgot how much I love them. <laughs> Even though he reads more dry in the book than he does as comedy. Oh, yeah. He does... I mean, we haven't gotten there, but towards the end, he does show a little more warm side of Right. Anyway, I can't really remember what the Palmers look like in the 81 version either. Me neither. I have a vague... I feel like all the like 70s and 80s ones, everyone kind of looks the same. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I don't think they were very much in that adaptation. Even though no, it was like a weren't. longer adaptation, it took a lot of little bits and bops out of it. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I feel like I'm really, even though we're only getting little blips of Margaret, I'm really enjoying Margaret. And I kind of wish she was in more <laughs> of the movie or the adaptations in general. Yeah. Well, I think Emma Thompson, when she did hers, she kind of invented a little bit of the character for Margaret. And mm-hmm. so she was in it more. And I believe in the other miniseries that we haven't watched yet, it feels like, I think that was Andrew Davies, but it feels like, oh, I was 100% inspired by the Emma Thompson one, so I'm going to make Margaret <laughs> exactly the same. I'm gonna make like, <laughs> there's a lot that is very similar. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that one someday. It's really good. I was having this weird thing today where I was trying to picture Lucy and I have a particular person who I picture as Lucy from, Uh well, (laughs) I thought from one of the adaptations, but for some reason (laughs) when I was looking her up, I couldn't find any pictures of the girl I thought was Lucy. (laughs) So I don't know where I'm getting this mental image of her or if maybe she's in, maybe she's another character in a different adaptation, but I have an image of Lucy who I think is a real actress who plays someone (laughs) I thought she played Lucy. I have such a clear picture like, of her playing Lucy. Like dark brown hair? No, she had blonde hair. Oh, see, the one I was picturing was dark brown hair. And I couldn't picture <laughs> what Emma Thompson's Eleanor looked like. And I was like, do they have the same <laughs> hair color in that movie? And that's, I was like, I never she really. She has brown hair and Lucy does in the Emma Thompson and... one. Okay. I, for some reason, I was like, do they have the same hair color? I don't know why. But <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> it's totally different anyway book. 
<laughs> habitation. <laughs> this is the episode where our brains fail us. <laughs> right. <laughs> On so many levels. <laughs> uh, but well, maybe we should just go ahead and get into the notes. <laughs> let's do it. I kind of um, was looking for like very interesting facts or anything I could find about like anything surrounding the book, like the publishing of it or even the writing of it. And I found some stuff on the janeaustin.co.uk website. Wow. That was some cool stuff. So a lot of it was stuff we already covered, like the original title of it before she did all the restuff, redone stuff. But what was so... the original title again? Oh, Marianne and Eleanor. Yeah. Or Eleanor and Marianne. Yeah, that's she's the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> but the book was published by Thomas, I would say Edgerton, but is it Egerton? E-G-E-R-T-O-N? Egger? Egerton, Egerton? maybe? Um, it was published on a commission basis, which basically meant that if it didn't do well, that it was uh, Jane Austen's, like, it would all fall on her, and <laughs> it would yeah. be her problem, not his. <laughs> um, luckily, it did do well. To, and then I guess I think she had to I, I think she had to pay to get the like the initial payment to get it published and then probably yeah yeah it's it seemed like it was basically like well we'll publish it for you but you kind of have to do everything and if it fails it's your fault and it's your problem not ours <laughs> <laughs> that's what I <Yeah>. got <laughs> I think she fronted the money and then they were like okay we'll put it in stores or whatever they did with it <laughs> right. So it says also to maximize his commission profit on the book, he uh, paid, he asked for it to be printed on expensive paper and sold it for 15 shillings, which I looked up and I think it's like, it was something like, oh my God, what was it? It was something like eight pounds or something like that, I think, it's in today's Perfect. money. So it's not very expensive. Oh, in today's money? I think so. I think that's right. I was... It could. It was a little like difficult because I don't. Do they use shillings anymore? I don't think so. Yeah, because I, I think it was shillings are like they had like the pounds was the biggest, and then there were shillings, and then there was the I can't remember what the smallest one was, but pence. Pence. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I think it was maybe I don't know eight dollars. Maybe we'll see. But eight pounds, excuse me. And so the first edition of Sense and Sensibility is estimated to have between 700 and 1,000 copies. And from selling those, she made about 140 pounds just from the first edition, which I did convert it into today's pounds. And it's 12,000 and just shy of 12,050 pounds. Wow. So I guess she she made some good money. Yeah, I would say. I mean, this book is saying that these four women are living off of 50 pounds a year with a lot of, you know, help from friends. Right. And she made 140 off of one printing of her book. That seems like for right. her would be like pretty the good. <laughs> yeah. And then I found something kind of just like, I mean, I might have mentioned it during the movie adaptation, but, you know, Emma Thompson took five years to develop the screenplay and she's the only person to win an Oscar for both screenwriting and acting. So I thought that was cool. She's a brilliant. <laughs> yes. And then the first French translation of Sense of Sensibility was written by, excuse my French, but <laughs> <laughs> Madame Isabelle de Montalou, uh, who only had a basic grasp of English. And so the, tra like the translation basically sort of followed the original story, but key lines and even whole scenes were changed. <laughs> so it's not the same book. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like that 
La- what what is it called? Lady Pemberley on YouTube. Mm-hmm. She does. She puts out. It's not Lady Pemberley. I can't remember, but she puts out the little clips of some of the foreign versions, like older uh-huh. foreign versions. And sometimes it's like this seems like a loose adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's basically they're like, we kind of know what happened, so we're going to just <laughs> sort of make up our own parts to it. Mistress of Pemberley, that's what it's called, I think. <laughs> Mistress of Pemberley. Interesting. And then the final fact I found was the Prince Regent was one of the first purchasers of Sense and Sensibility, having bought a copy two days before it was advertised. So he kind of got pre-sales. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently Jane despised the prince, but agreed to dedicate her fourth novel, Emma, to him. Like, <laughs> yep. I don't know... I don't know why she would agree if she doesn't like him, but well, because he's the prince, you gotta do what like you gotta do. <laughs> British sensibilities, which I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was the time of the regency. He's the prince regent, so I guess he was basically like the king at the time. You know, right? He's kind of like yeah, the royal figurehead. Yeah, actually, I was just listening to a podcast, and they were talking about going to a book sale, and. Like somebody was selling a first edition of, I think, Emma. And, you know, it was like many thousands of dollars, but like within reason for, you know, if you're like a rich book lover that you you could actually afford something. It's not like in the bajillions. (laughs) Right. It was something probably like, you know, $8,000 or something like that. No, I think it was like (laughs) $20,000. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if you're rich, that's still but not like, in the not like bad. millions, you know, like right. <laughs> it's still right. doable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're like one of those but, like rare book collectors, yeah, I wonder if that was done on the fancy paper too. <laughs> I I don't know. I guess if it's a first edition, maybe a first edition of Sense and Sensibility would be especially even more worth it because. It was her first run of her first novels that ever got published. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. There was only seven hundred to a thousand copies made at the time, so yeah, you could. I mean, how many of them made it to today? <laughs> it's like what two hundred plus yeah. years. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> That'd be cool. I have some old books, mm-hmm. but they're not like you know worth anything. I think they're just like mm-hmm. gotten at garage sales and stuff. But I like the way <laughs> yeah. they look on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. I went on family vacation last year and we went to like, I think it's called Callaway Gardens, which is like Western Georgia. Uh-huh. Uh, we did go to like a thrift shop or store, whatever. And they had a whole book section and they did have on display like three Jane Austen books. I think it was Sens- Sensibility, Persuasion and Pride and Prejudice from like, looked like maybe from the 60s because the covers were very like 60s, like very solid color with like, some sort of like 60s style like uh, illustration and I was like uh-huh. I thought about getting them because I was like I wonder if like these are just sort of collector's <laughs> items because they look so cute but I decided not to for some reason that's cool I always like finding the pictures of the different covers of the mm-hmm. books and I always like to put them on our like social media <laughs> things posts right. about the episodes Persuasion had some really funny ones I can't wait to see what I find for a sense of sensibility <laughs> yeah mine is just Two girls walking. (laughs) (laughs) Two sisters. Yeah, my one that I did all the work through, I've got a couple of copies, but it is the illustrated one. And so Mm -hmm. it's got like an illustration of Marianne and Willoughby. I think the like when he goes to pick her up after the fall. (laughs) Interesting. All right. Well, should we get into the recap? Let's do it. 
say hello to Lucy Steele. <laughs> Not till the end. We got some really fun <laughs> chapters before that. <laughs> Especially starting with chapter 17, which I titled The Reading Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Any RuPaul Drag Race watchers will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because this is the chapter in which Eleanor and Edward and Marianne just read each other for like the entire <laughs> chapter <laughs> okay so we start off okay so we just met edward in the street in the last chapter and they all go back to the house where mama can see that edward is out of spirits which i feel like we get a lot of in these chapters is edward clearly being depressed <laughs> like yeah i i think not modern fun. we would say he was depressed and needed to be on some medication <laughs> because <laughs> yes <laughs> he's just so out of spirits and mama is blaming it on his mother of course <laughs> <laughs> well who wouldn't and because mama is amazing she gets him to loosen up and be more comfortable <laughs> i like the way that she's described as like anyone who loves the girls has to love their mother <laughs> because <laughs> <Right>. she's, <laughs> she's just so nice and warm and welcoming cool to mom. everyone yeah <laughs> She teasingly asks him if his mother has stopped harassing him to be in public life. And he implies <laughs> that she has finally given that up. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he his wishes have always been moderate and that it's only basically for happiness. Right. <laughs> Marianne doesn't think that wealth and grandeur bring happiness. And <laughs> Eleanor <laughs> teasingly, but not really, disagrees about wealth. <laughs> <laughs> this i love this part just because like they keep going back and forth and i feel like eleanor is like purposefully setting traps for marianne yeah <laughs> what do you think is like happiness well this thing that actually requires wealth oh yeah. so you want wealth <laughs> i think it shows just how much they all must have hung out when they were all at norland together because like right the second he gets there they're all just and marianne who's been depressed herself for right chapters now and they're all just like let's just relentlessly tease each other right <laughs> and ourselves <laughs> well i think it didn't it say that marianne was it almost appeared as she was more excited to see edward than eleanor <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> eleanor can't show her feelings <laughs> no she can't marianne tries to argue but when eleanor asks how little she would be comfortable with a year it's close to two thousand pounds <laughs> And Eleanor laughs. <laughs>, laughs. Like, do you realize how much you currently live off of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this leads to Margaret wishing that someone would leave them each a great fortune. And they all kind of start to imagine what they would do with it, which is really fun. And this is where the uh, reading challenge really starts, I believe, because Edward starts teasing Marianne and says that she would buy every copy of her favorite books so that no one else could read no, no one unworthy could read them <laughs> i was like uh-huh it does sound like marianne but he's not very good at reading her because he immediately explains himself <laughs> i'm like don't explain the joke <laughs> yeah and then he starts to tease her about her opinions on being in love twice and she says, at my age, my opinions are fixed. 
<laughs> and Eleanor was like, see, she's still exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> same old, same old. Edward agrees that she is still exactly the same, but she seems more grave now. And she's, and Marianne says, no, you're more grave. <laughs> and Edward's like, but I was never gay. And Eleanor says, neither was Marianne. <laughs> she's like, sure, she's animated, but she was never Mary. She, <laughs> she says, was never really happy. Yeah. <laughs> she says, people are rarely what you think they are or what people say they are. <laughs> I love this whole part. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. Then, okay, now Marianne goes in on, I said E, so I I don't know if I'm saying Eleanor Edward, but I'm guessing Eleanor. <laughs> she says, oh, I thought we were supposed to care so much about what other people think and value their opinion over our own. <laughs> I guess it was Eleanor. Just say and, definitely uh, Eleanor. <laughs> I can just picture the looks that these sisters are giving each other during this, especially Eleanor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eleanor is like, all I ever wanted was for you to stop ignoring the people who are speaking directly to you. <laughs> <laughs> Edward says that he agrees with Eleanor, but is more like Marianne because he is too shy to speak to others. <laughs> He starts reading himself. He says, shyness in general and his shyness specifically stems from feelings of inferiority. And I was like, was Jane Austen the first psychoanalyst? Because Edward <laughs> really seems to understand himself. <laughs> she should have opened up her own uh, therapy practice. <laughs> she could have. Uh, the final read of the evening comes from Marianne when she says, even if she weren't shy, he would still be reserved. And that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> she's like now you can't even explain yourself if you weren't even shy <laughs> uh, Edward actually takes real offense about how he is reserved and Eleanor <laughs> tries to laugh it off but it doesn't work and Eleanor I mean Edward goes back to being a mopey mope <laughs> oh Edward get over it that was such a fun chapter it was I really love that chapter especially that <laughs> specific if... conversation yeah <laughs> If I was ever going to be a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race, I would write down every Jane Austen insult and I would just use that for the reading challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Throw in a couple of keywords like mug and busted <laughs> and then it would fit right in. Uh, that was That's just such a random little tiny chapter, but it's one of my favorites. Okay. Oh, me too. <laughs> chapter 18. The next morning, Edward is still in a funk. And Marianne, again, is trying to leave Eleanor and Edward alone together. And he immediately leaves the room, <laughs> as he's one to do. This made me laugh, where he was like, well, since you're not ready to eat breakfast, I'll just go into town and then come back when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> he goes all the way to town, checks on his horses, and comes back talking about how much he loves the area and how pretty it is. Mm -hmm. He jokes with Marianne and Eleanor that he doesn't know how to or much cares to appreciate the picturesque <laughs> he's like i like straight trees and clean farmhouses no ruins or thistles for me <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure marianne's like no romanticism at oh, all straight so trees <laughs> uh, marianne notices that he has a hair ring and asks about it <laughs> 
I hate these hair things. I think it's so <laughs> gross. I don't know, like, cause it's not like hair is naturally like disgusting, but I hate the hair rings, the hair lockets, the hair boxes. <laughs> I hate it all. I think it's so gross. Yeah. At least it's not. I think in the Victorian age, people got really crazy and started like making whole things out of hair, but like you know, a little bit set in a piece of jewelry. It's weird, but like. It's definitely not as, yeah, it would not be as creepy as like, I'm going to make a doll out of your hair and give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Be like, oh, okay. Or I'm going to crochet it into a picture or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so once she asks him about it, though, he gets all weird for the rest of the morning. And she <laughs> regrets ever asking him about it. Both her and Eleanor, though, are convinced that it is Eleanor's hair. And Eleanor is like, really, I mean, it makes the last chapter in this section even harder because she's convinced that he really does like her, even though neither of them have ever shown any outward signs to each other. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty funny because she was like, it definitely matches my hair, so it must be my hair. But I don't remember giving him a piece of my hair, so he must have cut it when I wasn't looking, which is, she was like, it kind of makes me feel a little weird, but... I guess it's romantic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She does resolve to look at it more closely to make sure that it's exactly the same shade. And I said, oh, I can't believe he's wearing her ring. We haven't even met her yet, and I'm already biased. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, somehow I know I'm going to hate that ring. (laughs) I hate that you're wearing it. (laughs) It's probably what's making you depressed. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mood-altering Lucy Steele ring. Yeah. Sir John and Mrs. Jennings come by to see the visitor and invite them all (laughs) to tea today and dinner tomorrow. (laughs) And they quickly figure out that he's probably the F Margaret previously hinted at. Luckily, they don't Mm. make any cracks to Edward himself. For once. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of my favorite parts, too. Edward learns about Willoughby. This is like the most endearing thing that Edward has done this far. <laughs> he learns about Willoughby and makes a joke to Marianne that was like set up in the last chapter. Except for I don't think I actually wrote it down. But because Marianne was describing, you know, she needs a household, why she needed 2,000 pounds a year. But she mentions right. hunters and Edward is like, I wonder who hunts. So now he guesses to Marianne, I guess that Mr. Willoughby hunts. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I thought it was cute. You know, he didn't know know the truth, but it was kind of cute. It's just so cute for him to try to make a joke and make an observation. And like, even Marianne is proud of his attempt at archness. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I I don't understand this whole chapter why like no one mentions, oh, like we don't really see Willoughby anymore. Let's just not talk about him. But it's like, she is so, she's like, I'm so proud that he made a joke. So I'm going to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think she still is like, he's coming back very soon. This is just a That's temporary true. thing. Nobody really is taking it that seriously. They're all like assuming, well, um, this is just, you know. Yeah, temporary. I guess I'm like maybe reading it because I know what happens yeah. afterwards. Yeah. But it just seemed very much like, I don't think he's coming back. Right, but they don't realize that yet. And even Marianne, because right. she, she's like, I hope you're going to like him when you do meet him, you know. That's true. And, you know, she's got that young mindset where she's like, only one person 
you can love for the rest of your life and otherwise you might as well just be an old spinster and die exactly <laughs> she's 100 percent faith and willoughby still right <laughs> okay so chapter 19 edward stays a week he's got nothing to do and nowhere to go upon leaving them but he still has to go <laughs> <laughs> Mama says, it's too bad you don't have a profession because then at least you'd have an excuse to go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) He does seem to have relaxed and started to enjoy himself more as the week went on. But still, he's got a very like Charlie Brown, Eeyore, (laughs) depression streak going on the whole time. He does some real negative self-talk. He says, I think I may defy many months to produce any good in me. And I was like, is this just all his guilty conscience? Or, I mean, spoilers, but like, or is he just, is it just like being wanted to be something his whole life or, you know, his family wanting something out of him that he could never fulfill? Is it just like a lifetime's worth of stuff? Or is it specifically like Lucy? (laughs) Right. I... I don't know. Like, I want to say just because the focus of this chapter, especially the end, is about, like, Edward and Eleanor and what's going to happen with them. And I would like to think it was because he feels guilty. But honestly, it's probably more so that he's probably been told by his family that he's probably not great at everything. And that he's like, well, you can't really do anything. So I guess you're not going to be anything. And very low self-confidence. I do feel bad for Edward. I mean, I really do. I do. He's, I mean, and partially I'm like the same way I feel about Eleanor, (laughs) even though I guess Eleanor, I give less leeway to because I'm like, you know better. (laughs) Whereas Edward, I'm just like this poor (laughs) child. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's been, it feels like he's been beat down by his family. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as he leaves, Eleanor tries and succeeds in acting like she doesn't care (laughs) like (laughs) he's just a normal friend who she doesn't care about any more than any other friend (laughs) (laughs) give up the act girl marianne is not impressed (laughs) (laughs) she's like if you can keep your feelings so well concealed they must not be that strong (laughs) and Eleanor or maybe the narrator is like look how great I am at this I can just pretend that I'm not thinking about him when really I am thinking about him (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's good that she can in theory consider her feelings and his actions rationally but it still must be so confusing to do it all on her own with no input from her family or from Edward really I -hmm. guess I just think like this repression is not good for her (laughs) No. Even if the book isn't directly telling me that it is, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, I find it so interesting. Like, I, I could totally get the, like, the viewpoint that, you know, growing up, her whole family was so open with each other. And so, like, these are my feelings about this and whatever. And she's like, well, I don't want to be like that because yeah. it feels too vulnerable. But it's like, for her not to even mention to her mom, who she feels, like, super close with, And that she probably wouldn't get judgment from that she, you know, enjoys someone's company. It seems so like, girl, what's up? What happened? She's just with her family and she's deliberately like, nope, I'm not going to act like he's more than anyone else in the whole world, even though she definitely feels like he is. So I just, it's just like, it just doesn't feel like it's good for her. (laughs) 
Yeah, I wonder if she is like, maybe not outwardly, but inwardly just a very pessimistic person. And it's just like, well, even if I acknowledge it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. So I might as well not so I can save myself some hurt. True, true, true. I mean, that's probably what she's telling herself for sure. Never say never. Yeah, I just like, it's funny because like, you know, we get to like three chapters from now and Lucy Mm -hmm. makes her promise, but it's like, she never needed to make her promise because she's doing it already when she has no reason right. to be doing it. <laughs> right. She even thinks that Edward likes her. Or at least she thinks he's wearing a ring with her hair on it. And she's still like, repress, repress, repress. Don't show any signs of feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eleanor. Okay. So Sir John and company show up with some new guests. And I was totally expecting this to be the Steels, but it's not. Nope. It's Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Jennings' other daughter and her husband, Mr. Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest. Yeah. He's very quiet and he seems very disapproving. <laughs> he basically reads his paper the whole time. And Charlotte is sweet. <laughs> She's open and friendly, admiring, quick to laugh off any rudeness, particularly by her husband, which I totally relate to that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just, anytime anyone says anything rude, I just laugh like, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh. Most of the time, I feel like it is, <laughs> so... <laughs> it was pretty funny to like the author to be like I don't know if it was the author or if it was one of the sisters but to be like oh these <laughs> Middleton sisters like how did they end up <laughs> yeah you know how did uh Lady Middleton not end up with Mr. Palmer and or was it <laughs> yeah yeah I think so yeah right? well you know yeah, Miss yeah. Jennings is a keen judge it is funny because that's not the first time I believe that the narrator has observed or the sisters I don't know like these people don't seem like they go with each other <laughs> like right you would how think did Sir that John end up with lady middleton and how did mrs jennings have two daughters so very unlike each other <laughs> right well it's like it's so funny because it's like sir john is miss palmer <laughs> mrs palmer like that they should be together and lady middleton yeah. should be with mr palmer but i guess opposites <laughs> attract yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> oh i like yeah i like Miss um Lady Miss Charlotte Palmer. <laughs> I like Charlotte. <laughs> you me too. Uh, she is expecting a baby soon-ish. Like maybe like I don't know four to five months. Yeah, she's she admires Eleanor's paintings, and they all insist that the girls come to dinner, even though they really do try to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne is put out by the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know it was I think it was this part where Marianne comes in and I think it's Miss Jennings is like oh like here comes Marianne she's like the most beautiful gorgeous girl you'll ever see like wait until you see her and then all Mr. Pomelo does look up from his paper and then look back down at his paper <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine Marianne coming in like oh I'm so gorgeous <laughs> and he's like uh-huh I was noticing the favorite adjective of this book or at mm-hmm. least this group of people is monstrous. Everything is yeah. monstrous pretty, monstrous this, monstrous that. But I'm like, that is interesting. It feels very I... like a gothic Northanger Abbey holdover type of a word to yeah. be using as an adjective. 
Yeah, and I think it's only being used by Mrs. Palmer, right? Well, Sir John says it a lot, I believe. Oh. I think Lady Jennings or Mrs. Jennings says it. I wonder if maybe it's um, <laughs> you have to be that personality type. Like maybe it's a very like larger than life kind of word that maybe. people are like, who people who are like Lady Middleton are like, <laughs> to use that word would be so over the top and dramatic. <laughs> I don't even want to use it. <laughs> I just noticed like while I was listening to it this morning, like, God, they use that word a lot. Yeah. Okay. So chapter 20, which I titled Charlotte Palmer insists we are best friends. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i have to give chapters titles <laughs> no i like it because it <laughs> i'm like oh yeah that's exactly what happens <laughs> uh, they go to visit at the park the next day and charlotte greets them just as merrily as the day before and she tries to convince them to come to town with them and they decline <laughs> <laughs> like to london town not like just to Right, town, just yeah. to like a little town town. Yeah. She laughs at her husband a lot and he really <laughs> tries hard to be rude, but Charlotte just keeps laughing it off. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to pretend that they had an agreement beforehand and it's just like a fun game between them where she's like, I want you to be very rude and then I'll pretend it's all jokes. <laughs> it's I just wonder like what are they really like alone? Do they have a couple moments where they're just like, we really do Very love each other. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. He does extend his rudeness to Mrs. Jennings and Sir John, but <laughs> Sir John doesn't seem to notice. And Mrs. Jennings says, you may abuse me as you please. You have taken Charlotte off my hands and cannot give her back again. So there, I have the whip hand of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is that a horse or a card reference? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> To me, I would think horse, but <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the description. there's a description of Charlotte. It says, It was impossible for anyone to be more thoroughly good-natured or determined to be happy than Mrs. Palmer. The studied indifference, insolence, and discontent of her husband gave her no pain, and when he scolded or abused her, she was highly di diverted. <laughs> <laughs> She's toxically... Um optimistic <laughs> she's just like i'm not gonna let your attitude get me down i'm gonna laugh at you and that's really what he needs oh for sure okay charlotte asked them to come visit them at cleveland and again they decline but marianne's ears perk up because they live sort of near willoughby kind of like not close enough to ever talk to him just to see him in town a lot <laughs> <laughs> just to know who he is <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mr. Palmer, we find out, is canvassing for Parliament and must try to make everyone like him all day. So might be why he's <laughs> so ornery when he's not out on the road. Eleanor keeps talking to her because she's trying to sleuth out some idea of whether Willoughby is thought to be a good person where they live. I like good that. Good sister. Yep. <laughs> Charlotte doesn't seem to, to know, <laughs> but she has a good impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> she says that her mother and Colonel Brandon think that Marianne and Willoughby are engaged. And uh, she also thinks that she might have gotten engaged to him once, but her mother didn't think that their personalities would complement each other, unlike Mr. Palmer. I think, or was that Mr. Oh, <laughs> no, Colonel Brandon. Oh, yeah, she was saying oh, that yeah, she, she was saying that Colonel Brandon. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 
her mother and Colonel Brandon both have kind of hinted to her that they think Marianne Willoughby are engaged. And then she's talking about Colonel Brandon and how she might have gotten together with him. But um, her mother didn't think that their personalities would complement each other, which is funny. Right. Because he's also kind of like a, a morose. So who knows? Yeah. Well, I think Maybe she he just wasn't uh, really interested in her. <laughs> yeah. Was she talking about like, were you saying herself or I always thought it was Marianne that they were talking about? Like, uh, like, oh, like they say they're that she's engaged to Willoughby, but we know that Colonel Brandon likes her and that they don't really match. No. Well, she, she That's does say. I, I, I kind of, I, but I might have been speed reading at that point. <laughs> it might have been my fault. <laughs> I, I think it's just a little confusing, like the way I wrote it down. Like, okay, I think what happens is Mrs. Palmer is like, yeah, my mom said they were engaged. Colonel Brandon hinted they were engaged. I almost got married to Colonel Brandon once myself, oh. but my mother didn't think that we were suitable to each other. Oh, see, I had, for some reason, I thought that she was saying like, that Marianne and Willoughby, they like heard they were engaged and that Colonel Brandon told them the same, but that she, that Mrs. Jennings also had mentioned Colonel Brandon likes Marianne, but that they wouldn't be a good match. They might've talked a little bit about that. They might that have I might've just mixed it up. My bad. But that would have been an interesting combo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. not one person ever thinks Colonel Brandon might be interested in Eleanor though. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of shocked that we got Charlotte, two chapters of Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really enjoy Charlotte, especially in the book. Like, yeah. I feel like in the adaptation, she comes off as very annoying and like, they're like, oh, we're so sick of you. <laughs> but in the book, I'm like, she seems great and she's nice and she seems like a good time. Oh, for sure. I would 100% rather hang out with her than Lady Middleton. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, can I come visit you at your house? Let's do it. Let's make this yeah. happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to Cleveland. I don't care. All right. Chapter 21. Okay. <laughs> okay. I started off with something. I wrote, it's funny how in the last chapter, Austin was talking about how men only notice pretty and get married. And then they find out they got married to a dumb dumb. When every single time we meet someone new, the first thing we learn is whether they are pretty or ugly and to what degree. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Little pot calling the kettle black, Jane Austen. (laughs) Yeah. I was noticing that she literally does. Every new character is like, they're pretty or they're ugly. And this is how pretty or ugly they are. (laughs) And then we learn maybe a little bit more about how annoying they are. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, because I did try to think about like, oh, were all the pretty people like dummies? But then she says Marianne's pretty. They, I mean, they keep saying Marianne's yeah. monstrous pretty and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, Marianne's not stupid. So <laughs> it's just know. like you're judging men for basing everything off of looks, which I think they should be judged off of. But like you right. are actually still judging everyone off of looks. So, you know. Maybe yeah, don't be I so wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, like, maybe she meant for it to be kind of like I don't want to say satire because I don't think that's the maybe. right word. Could be, it could be, but like for her to be like, it's so crazy how everyone's obsessed with pretty, and then she, but she's like, but I have to kind of say that these girls are pretty, otherwise people are going to be like, what do they look like? <laughs> yeah, we never follow <laughs> the ugly duckling around. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just maybe a little hypocrisy from Jane Austen or maybe some satire. We'll we'll keep our eye on it. Okay, so the Palmers go back home and before you know it, Sir John and Mrs. Jennings have met a couple of new girls in Exeter. (laughs) 
They are somehow distantly, tangentially related to Mrs. Jennings. And that's enough to get them an invitation, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I actually feel like maybe they're not related at all. And they were just like, we got to find a way to get invited. And so we're going to pretend to be somewhat somehow related to you. And they're like, sure, we'll take any relation or any excuse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Considering how sort of cutting Lucy can be, it's like, I can imagine her being like, do you know someone named uh, like a Sir Brian or a Sir James or like the most generic yeah. name? I would not put it past Lucy for two seconds to believe that this entire meeting and invitation is totally contrived oh, sure. in order to get close to Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Lady Middleton is not too sure about the girls at first, but they praise her children to the heavens. And of course, she immediately is like, I can't live without them. <laughs> <laughs> These are my best friends. Sir John really tries to get Eleanor and Marianne to come visit, but they manage to put it off for a couple of days. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> with them. Seriously. When they finally do go visit, they find the Miss Steeles gaining Lady Middleton's affection by praising and playing with the children nonstop. I'm like, I'm already looking suspiciously at them. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I've been like, you like her kids? Her crazy kids? <laughs> Right. Apparently, Anne Steele is almost 30. <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> <laughs> Death store. With a very plain and not sensible face. And I said, what is a sensible face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I'm trying to think like, oh, like. She just looked really... dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also I was thinking like, because we had that whole sensibility kind of deep oh, dive yeah. last week. I'm like, does it mean that there's like no like um, no shape passion? or s- no symmetry to her face where it's just like there's nothing artistic about it. It's just so plain. I don't know. If you know what a sensible face is in Austin's mind, please write us <laughs> in and let us know. <laughs> Lucy is 23. Her features were pretty and she had a sharp, quick eye and a smartness of air, which though it did not give actual elegance or grace, gave distinction to her person. <laughs> Shady. Again, first thing we learn about them is whether they're pretty or not. (laughs) (laughs) So Lady Middleton's littlest girl gets scratched by a hat pin or something and Mm -hmm. causes a huge commotion. And Lady Middleton takes all the kids out of the room. And so Lucy and Anne are left with Eleanor and Marianne and they start to chit chat. And says Marianne was silent. It was impossible for her to say what she did not feel, however trivial the occasion. And upon <laughs> Eleanor, therefore, the whole task of telling lies when politeness required it always fell. <laughs> <laughs> she can't help. I wrote, LOL in my notes. Damn, this is hilarious. So, <laughs> not that Eleanor actually had to do a lot of talking, since Anne and Lucy do most of it. Right. They seem to know a lot about the Dashwoods already. I think they even say it's because Sir John and Mrs. Jennings, they ask Eleanor about Norlin and seem to be a little too familiar with its beauties. <laughs> Anne seems to think that there are a lot of handsome beaux there. She loves beaux. <laughs> <laughs> I got really confused for a little while because I guess she was talking about the plural of beaux. So there's an X at the mm-hmm. end. And, but then mm-hmm. sometimes it would be just a beau. With, and I was like, are we talking about two different things? And then I realized, oh, this is just a French way to say multiple, Maya. 
Duh. <laughs> well, it was like, I feel like doesn't at one point Lucy kind of scold her for saying bow and she's like, you're just obsessed with bows. <laughs> just yes. leave it alone. Uh, she asks if John was a bow before he got married and Eleanor replies, I do not perfectly comprehend the meaning of the word, but I can say if he ever was a beau before he was married, he is one still, for there is not the smallest alteration in him. (laughs) (laughs) He's still the same old blow. I said, interesting. So I guess he was always thoughtless and kind of horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Lucy puts a stop to the beau talk. (laughs) giving away too much too soon (laughs) (laughs) and Eleanor wasn't impressed with either of them and left the house without any wish of knowing them better (laughs) (laughs) it's a good first impression Eleanor (laughs) (laughs) I said oh yeah I forgot to mention Eleanor for all her talk of needing to carry on conversation with people to avoid being rude does not hold the same compunction about the actual word you speak to them the actual words you speak to them (laughs) She's always kind of delivering backhanded insults. (laughs) She's like, for instance, she says, while at Norlin, I never think of quiet children with any abhorrence. So it's like, she's like, you have to talk to people and not be rude. But she doesn't care if you, the things you say are kind. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So funny. Just don't make them outwardly rude. (laughs) It's like, it's rude to not talk, but it's not rude to say rude things. (laughs) Especially if they don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Right. (laughs) As long as they can't figure it out. Unfortunately, Eleanor is basically forced to hang out with the Steels, though, because everyone at the park (laughs) wants them to be friends. (laughs) So she doesn't really have a choice. Sir John and Mrs. Jennings don't know how to not talk about everybody's business all the time. So, of course, they spill about Eleanor having a Mr. Ferris. And Anne's like, oh, I know him quite well. And Lucy kicks her and says, shut up. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and uh, Eleanor notices, and she's super curious, but pretends to not be interested. And curses <laughs> Mrs. Jennings for not being more curious for once in her life. <laughs> <sighs> okay, finally, chapter 22, the big one. So Marianne has successfully avoided or was cold and uninterested in the seals so enough that they stopped talking to her. <laughs> they basically just <laughs> talked to Eleanor a lot. Eleanor could tell that Lucy was a phony who flattered people to make them like her, even though she didn't really care about them outside of what they could do for her. <laughs> said, I'm summarizing, but I think that's what it says. Could be my personal bias, but... It says, she could have no lasting satisfaction in the company of a person whose conduct towards others made every show of attention and difference toward herself perfectly valueless. So I think that's pretty much saying, you obviously are fake, so anything you say to me is fake, so I can't like you at all. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm sure Marianne is like, Eleanor, that's what you get for having to carry on conversation if you were just kind of rude and cold like me then i wouldn't be talking to you exactly it's just like it's such a weird kind of double standard like it's rude to not talk to them it's not rude to insult them (laughs) (laughs) i think eleanor is full of them double standards a little bit yeah 
Okay, so Lucy starts asking Eleanor about Mrs. Ferris one day. And Eleanor is like, I don't know anything about her. And Lucy says, I feel awkward having to ask you about her. So I'll just volunteer the biggest secret of my life, which is that I'm engaged (laughs) to Edward. Ah! (laughs) I feel like in my head, I pictured... Eleanor hearing this and like the entire noises of the world just blocked out and it was just the um, Kill Bill like siren. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said, Eleanor's stomach drops out of her body. (laughs) (laughs) And as controlled as she is, she still has to check in with herself to make sure she isn't about to faint or burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) Must repress emotions still. (laughs) I I mean, she literally is like, I... Am I going to faint? Am I going to cry? I don't think so, but I want to. And Lucy just continues on. Tra-la-la, fiddle-dee-da. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Apparently, they've been engaged for four years. <laughs> Crazy. It started after Edward was schooled by her uncle. And Eleanor does not believe this lying little young woman at all. <laughs> <laughs> A little hussy. <laughs> but Lucy is like... Bam, here's a picture. Proof. Bam, he has my hair in his ring. Proof. Bam, here's the letter he wrote me. And Eleanor is forced to believe her. (laughs) (laughs) I think after all this, when Eleanor, it just like, I think the uh, narrator states that Eleanor just stares back at her in silence. (laughs) Just like mouth agape, like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, truly, this chapter makes me think very poorly of Edward, most of all. What a jerk. (laughs) Even if he's too shy to tell people the truth, come on. (laughs) Well, yeah. And this kind of like, I thought of it in two ways. Like you definitely should have told Eleanor like the truth. And because there is like some weirdness and you could at least mention the other person that she's a friend. But also it's like, you've been engaged to Lucy for four years and that's a long time and Lucy is an idiot because she's like I just want money and I don't care if it's embarrassing it's been four years seriously I mean he could have broken it off with Lucy at any point Mm -hmm. but no he goes there he gets her hair ring doesn't say anything to her then goes to visit Eleanor and is like I'm so sad but never says anything to her either Yeah, I was very irritated with him. If I were Eleanor's friend and I found out about all this, I would have been like, girl, you dodged a bullet big time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Invite him over one more time and we're all going to sit here and read him really harshly. (laughs) (laughs) This time it's not going to be funny games. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Anne is the only one who knows and she can barely contain it inside herself. (laughs) So... (laughs) Lucy makes Eleanor promise not to tell. And even though she points out that she has every right to refuse to keep her confidence, since she certainly didn't seek it, she still agrees without hesitation. And I said, come on, Eleanor. Everyone is on my list today. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, come on, people. We're adults. Act like you have some sense. Since you want to be, I'm the sense of the two. I know. It's just crazy to me. Like, is this what sense is? Is it? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't want it. (laughs) I want to be sensibility, please. (laughs) I'd be like, 
screw you. I mean, she knows exactly what Lucy is doing. And she's still like, sure, I won't tell anyone. And you know why? Because she never wanted to tell anyone in the first place how she was feeling. So she definitely doesn't want to tell anyone about this. <laughs> exactly. Which what she should have done was curse Lucy Steele out and be like, don't ever talk to me again. You are crazy. <laughs> Would that not have been the most satisfying moment ever? Yeah. <laughs> <in a book? laughs> if I could talk to Jane Austen now, I'd be like, just put this in. I know it's going to cut the book down, but it would be so much more satisfying. You don't even have to put it in the book. Just write a special extra chapter for like, this is what <laughs> would have happened if things had gone right. <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been anyway that's the end of the recap (laughs) what a frustrating note to end on i know i just felt i mean i really love these chapters but yet i found so many reasons to be like what are you saying (laughs) (laughs) both jane austen and eleanor or both of them or the combination of the two i'm like i feel like there's some subtle something you're doing here jane austen that only Mm. like (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm just putting my own stuff on it, but there's just yeah. like so many, I don't know. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, I mean, I think overall it makes a more compelling story to have someone who has all this like juicy information, but is like so repressed in her emotional state that she's like, I guess I'll keep your shitty little secret. But I also <laughs> would have loved to have like Marianne on that walk and Marianne who is like, I can't hold anything back. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. That would oh have been God. very satisfying. What what I would have given for Margaret to be listening and to have told Marianne everything. <laughs> because <laughs> whenever they do like find out what somebody who's wronging them has done, they are the best when it comes to like right. just being bitches to your face. <laughs> and <laughs> we don't really up. get a lot of it till the end of the book, but like mm-hmm. when they close ranks there at their best but like i don't know (laughs) just this whole oh maybe we should say what our favorite parts are (laughs) yeah i was just thinking do you have yours no (laughs) it's like i thought about it while we were going over it i was like oh this is my favorite part oh i did mention it um it was when basically the whole like palmer scene where he's reading the newspaper and marianne (laughs) comes in and he's like okay (laughs) (laughs) it just made me laugh out loud for some reason yeah. I love them. I really like chapter 17, the reading challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really paid that chapter as much attention as I did this time. Like, I don't know, writing uh-huh. the recaps just really uh, makes me, you know, really look at every single thing that I might just read over quickly in other reads. And I just thought right. that, that was a hilarious um, chapter. I love just watching their interactions. They all feel so like, realistic uh-huh definitely <laughs> even eleanor's craziness is so realistic to me like being like super judgmental but then also acting like you know that's not rude but like i don't know there's just something about her yeah. specific brand of hypocrisy that is so realistic <laughs> to me <laughs> oh yeah well i think it's like it's so important to remember that she's only 19 and i feel like you know totally. so young I feel like it- yeah full of double standards <laughs> i don't want to sound like i'm coming off like eleanor is 
bad in any way. Like, right. I yeah, 100% no. understand her. And I just get frustrated with her because I'm like, you are smarter than this. And you are right. making things so much harder for yourself. I mean, I know that intellectually that there wouldn't be a good story if, you know, all this stuff didn't happen. But like, still, I can, I'm just frustrated with her because yeah. I'm not even frustrated. I just think it's funny the way that she's like, I, I don't know, just, you know, all the stuff I pointed out about like looks judging people on their looks and judging like right the snide comments she makes <laughs> i think it's like because i was thinking about this at, towards the end of this group of chapters like you know i i the way i'm like upset with eleanor is so different than the way i am upset with lucy and edward in that yes i like eleanor a lot more obviously and <laughs> I expect better of her. And so it's not even like I'm mad at her. It's like, I'm just so like ugh, disappointed. Like, yes. I know you're better than this. <laughs> you can yeah. rise to the occasion, please. And I think because she gets so much leeway from the narrator and almost seems like the narrator herself, that it becomes mm-hmm. even more like, well, <laughs> do I have to be the one to call this out? <laughs> because you're not doing it, Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what she wanted all along. Maybe, maybe. So, yeah, I really like chapter 17. I love chapter 22, even though it's horrible. <laughs> but I, <still> love it. <laughs> I love Eleanor being like, oh, my God, am I going to faint? No, I'm just going to pretend I'm like everything's normal. <laughs> and her being like, I don't believe this lying hussy. <laughs> and I'm like, I even like Lucy being like, oh, you have to keep it a secret. And oh, look, this is proof. This is proof. This is proof. This is proof. Because right. it looks like what you're thinking. And I'm not going to fall for any of your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I like uh, Anne. <laughs> I really like Anne. I'm excited to get more of her in the book than we have before. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like even though so much has kind of already happened, this is like where the book really begins for me. I don't know. like Yeah. So I'm excited for the rest. I was, um, oh gosh, I'm going to look up really fast what her name was, but um, Anne was really like, whenever I was picturing her in my head, I was, I kept getting from the new Emma adaptation. Um, she reminded me so much of, what's her name? Oh, Miss Bates. Because she's so kind of clueless. She's a little yeah. bit older and she's just kind of like not really aware of yeah. what's going on around her and people's <laughs> like reactions and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, she's kind of like a um, a less over the top Miss Bates. A boy crazy Miss Bates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All about the bows. <laughs> it's so funny because she's like almost 30. And uh, even though like we've had Marianne say judgment about people her age and just does not even seem at all affected by the fact that she's older and not married she's like who cares <laughs> I'm fine like, I, I... I still get to look at bows <laughs> and talk about them and... yeah. <laughs> she's funny <sighs> alright well should we do the sorting yes What are we doing today? Decided. Might as well just go ahead and do Lucy Steele. <laughs> She's gonna have <laughs> to be well done. get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it would like be a little bit of spoilery, but like again, I'm sure you've seen the adaptation if you're reading along yeah. with us. We've done two of them, so 
I hope so, because I would hate to spoil it for you. But <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if you haven't, I would say skip ahead probably like what, three to four minutes. You probably already have spoiled it, so don't even worry. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, so I haven't really even thought about it. I should have looked up like, what is the most manipulative sign? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I was trying to think of it. I don't consider her a fire sign or a water sign. Um, no, I think she's probably an air sign. That's what I was going for. Or maybe earth because materialism. Materialism. Material girl. But I feel like it's got to be air because she's so calculating. Yeah, that's, that's... I think she... I really think she's an air sign. I'm... No. I'm trying to like Libra? think to... That's kind of what I was going for. Um, I was thinking maybe Aquarius, but I feel like Aquarius come off as like a little more high-minded or like mm-hmm. thinking about the collective where like a Libra, I could see you being like immediately attracted to them, but like, oh, there's <laughs> something going right. on underneath the surface, you know, like because they're ruled by Venus. So like they're really into things looking good, I think. I feel like we give yeah. Libra, we give bad characters Libra a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of Libra. I don't want people to think that I have anything against any of the signs. No, I think really it's the way I see it is like the type of villains, I would say, quote unquote, that we give Libras to in the Jane Austen universe. They have like Libra qualities and it just depends on what you do with them and so yeah like lucy is very i would say she's very extroverted she's very i don't know friendly is the right word but she comes off that way and she uses it to her advantage to kind of get to where she wants to go rather than just being that kind of person she uses it to kind of gain something yeah she's very calculating she definitely uses her femininity and her Mm -hmm. you know she knows what people like and she uses that to get their affection and like the way she is like with lady middleton's kids and like she's always manipulating everyone yeah i also think that maybe she's got like a capricorn moon something that's very like unsentimental because she obviously Mm -hmm. does not really um care i mean (laughs) that's a spoil anything but like she doesn't really care about edward you know she's very um yeah i don't think she has a lot of self-indulgent yeah not to say that earth moons have like you know but i just feel like they're not as emotionally invested or attached to or it's easier for them to shut off their emotions or you know not right so i mean i don't know if capricorn is the best example of that in the earth but i mean maybe virgo could be virgo moon could be but i don't know if lucy is the type of girl who makes lists maybe she is (laughs) i think she could i think she could be like all right check off uh convincing edward to be engaged to me for four years check off uh (laughs) manipulating eleanor to feel weird that i'm giving her a secret (laughs) with the (laughs) make sure you're put with eleanor get her alone Yeah, maybe she is a Virgo moon. <laughs> yeah, it's just like she has all these qualities and it just depends on what you do with them. And she chooses to, you know, be manipulative and be very cunning and plant these plan these things out so that she is on top always. Yeah. So let's say Libra sun, Virgo moon, 
she like I want to say she's like Scorpio rising. But <laughs> I think that might be too intense. <laughs> <laughs> We're like she's the worst. <laughs> to me, <laughs> she feels like a Scorpio. <laughs> I'm gonna say there'll be like a little asterisk and be like just consider that this is also Maya's arch nemesis so might be a little biased <laughs> um not the worst written but the worst character <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> most likely to get into a fist fight with Maya <laughs> the one who if I saw her on the street she better cross the street <laughs> <laughs> So but I would definitely, D&D, if I was to, if I was to write okay. something in the JAU, Jane Austen universe, uh, uh-huh. Lucy Steele would a hundred percent show up because there's no character that'd be funner to play with. Than her. Um, yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, the best villains are always the ones who are like the most hated because they're so much, they're so good at being a villain. Yeah. Sometimes I get a villain that I'm like, ugh. I don't like you. I wish you wouldn't be on screen. Sometimes I get a villain that I'm like, I love you so much. And sometimes I get a Lucy Steele where it's like, I hate you, but I can't quit you. (laughs) (laughs) You're too good at being a villain. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so chaotic evil. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, um, I would say neutral evil personally, because I would I, I would say to me, chaotic is more like outward and like causing trouble everywhere you go. And I feel like that's kind of not her intention. Her intention is to be like to get herself somewhere. And but she's also it has very bad intentions. Yeah, she's just chaotic to Eleanor's emotional state of mind. <laughs> right. If you ask Eleanor, Eleanor will say what's worse than chaotic evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. or edward as well <laughs> oh right 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 <sighs> david lynch still uh, rusty in the brain department <laughs> okay now Let's we see. can't say just because we she hate her is that in she... dumb land <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say we can't say that she's the worst at thing or that she is a bob but <laughs> she <laughs> I could see her being like a Ben Horn or like a Hank. Mm, okay, yeah. She is more like a Josie, I believe, because yeah, she's really good at faking. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, putting up this like facade of like, I'm a victim or I'm like, you know, oh, I'm not, a, you know, I have no bad intentions. Like, don't worry about me. Yeah. I was just trying to think of like the other movies, but mostly I feel like David Lynch mostly does male villains. <laughs> yeah. Very rarely do we get a female villain from him. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think in Twin Peaks, probably Josie is the closest. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't ever watched Dumbland. It's my least favorite <laughs> David Lynch thing. I've <laughs> mentioned we're, a couple times. But... <laughs> we're putting it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to. Not that I think she necessarily fits in that universe, but I would like to torture her by making her watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, strap her down to a chair and be like, this is your torture. You must watch this on repeat. (laughs) She probably would like it. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) All right. Well, what are our final thoughts on these chapters? We talked a lot about them. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I, I don't know. I really love these set of chapters. They might be my favorite set of chapters so far, but I'm just ready for Eleanor to just open up. I know it won't happen anytime soon, Till the very end. but <laughs> I just want her to talk about her feelings for once. And I want Marianne to just realize that Colonel Brandon is the one for you. And I want more <laughs> Colonel Brandon, honestly. We feel like we've barely got him in the book. Yeah, he doesn't come back for a while. I mean, not until we go to London. Right. Because that's where he is right now. Yeah, I I feel like with Eleanor, though, it gets worse before it gets better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got she's to hit rock bottom before she kind of builds her way back up. Yeah, but these are definitely some really good chapters, even though they could easily be looked over as like transitional chapters, you know, mm-hmm. Willoughby's gone. Introduction. Kind of get ones. Edward for a second, but it's not like that impactful um, right. for anyone but me because I just think it's hilarious. And <laughs> it's also very strangely psychoanalytical. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like all of these chapters are very much getting into people's behavior, why they are behaving, the way they are behaving. It might not specifically always be telling us exactly why but i feel like it's right. got an idea in the back of like it kind of knows like what is the motivation why are these people and which is something you wouldn't normally think about because i don't think psychology mm-hmm. comes along until the 18 like, at least 50 years from now you know like that's right a, definitely after her time i don't know when freud is i think he's like mid to late 1800s maybe but or maybe not i don't know but could be the, it does I, could be the 20th century even i'm not really sure i'm i'm bad with that (laughs) i never studied psychology i i I did take a psychology course but i did not pay attention but (laughs) i um i yeah i i do feel like there's a lot of introspection in this chap in these set, set of chapters specifically from jane austen about like like you said, what are people's motivations to make them this way? Like what happened to you that you are this way now? And I feel like almost in a way she makes it so glaringly obvious about like, this is how you fix it. (laughs) Like, yeah, this is how you're going to be better. But this character (laughs) is outright refusing to be this way. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, it's so interesting because I'm like, does the narrator slash Jane Austen feel that this is the right way to be you know like mm-hmm. i don't feel like it's especially judgmental of eleanor no but it does let her be i mean it's just interesting because there's a lot of like yeah. little hypocrisies going on <laughs> yeah i wonder if um and i might be reading too much into it but i do wonder if she kind of set it up in a way where she's not giving us the answer she's not saying like you know this person is x so this is how they fix it to become y and it's like i feel like she wants the readers themselves to kind of use their own like thinking and to for them to be frustrated as we are (laughs) with these characters because they're like we know how you can fix this problems but you just won't do it yeah (sighs) good chapters though Lot mm-hmm. to think about I in them. Enjoyed them. <laughs> I'm excited for the next set, even though like I know what's gonna happen. I just I'm excited to see like how the book unfolds. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And we're not even halfway through. We won't be halfway nope. through until the next <laughs> chapters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much. I love it. Yeah. So excited to talk about it. We're hoping to have Kristen 
join us a little bit for the next episode. So hopefully we'll have her (laughs) on there. Um, All right. Well, let's get to recommendations. recommendations do you have one or do you want me to go first i do not have one (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i go first so i'm really you know recommending slash what i'm enjoying right now um i've been listening to it's been a a good slew of music coming out at least for the artists i like and one of my favorite artists of all time uh she goes by fka twigs Uh, she's like a british kind of indie electronic artist and she put out a mixtape called Capri songs, um, <laughs> like Capri Suds, but I just, and I don't know if it's biased because I love everything that she does, but I feel like it is just from top to bottom so good. I can't stop listening to it. And I just am really enjoying it. And like a different song each week gets stuck in my head. And <laughs> she does really great collabs with some British artists that I really like. So I would recommend it. My current favorite is a song called Jealousy. And I feel like once you hear it, it's going to get stuck in your head. So I recommend that. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Uh, <laughs> I will recommend... I really should at least contemplate this question before we record. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I guess maybe... Okay, I'll recommend the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> It's a good recommendation. Because it just, I just watched the finale of that and I just love little Grogu so much. So cute. <laughs> so, not to spoil anything, but he does show up in that show and I thought it was pretty good. I wasn't like mm-hmm. in love with it, but it definitely, I feel like I'm not a huge fan of Star Wars. So, like, Mm-hmm. To me, that show felt like what I remember Star Wars being like uh-huh. as a kid. So I I like it for that. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it because I also just finished it. And <laughs> I love this last episode because I always love a very like where the end is like it's a big fight at the end. And <laughs> yeah. I always enjoy those. And I just love Baby Grogu. He's so cute. And now that... We get to see him. I like to call it his little potato sack walk because he looks like he's wearing a potato sack. <laughs> I love but how he's... he bounces around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I um I won't say exactly what happened, but I the final scene where they're in the spaceship definitely Thank makes you. me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's a good recommendation. Yeah, and there was a specific thing that somebody wrote that I was like, uh-huh. whoa, so that's cool. so cool. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I can't think of anything specific right now. I know that there's a lot of stuff, but I can't think of anything good to recommend. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, that's a good thing to recommend, especially because they just wrapped it up. So if you haven't watched it yet, you can watch the entire thing. Yeah, because honestly, we're still in Olympic season and it's all I can watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I've never been a huge winter Olympics person. I like all the Olympics, summer and winter. Yeah. And then there's been some really good stuff this year. I mean, Sean White, I remember when he was in the first Olympics he was in and they called mm-hmm. him the flying tomato. And now he's like <laughs> old man 
retiring. <laughs> I mean, not old man, but like Jane Austen version of an old man. <laughs> right. uh, he's 30 years old. He's old. <laughs> and David Chen's ice skating was so good that I literally had a dream about him. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, like there was this whole Lindsay Jacob Ellis snowboarding thing that I remember Sweet. when the first time she did and she tried to do this trick and then she got second place because she fell <laughs> when she tried to do a trick and anyway there's just been so many great stories out of this one and I feel like Michaela Schifrin is kind of like the Simone Biles of this <laughs> oh, she's think. sweeping <laughs> no she's just having some performance issues because of like mental oh, stuff I see what you mean. And I feel so bad for the athletes because, like, I can't even imagine with all the COVID stuff going on and, like, how bad it sounds like the conditions are. Like, can you imagine going, like, the day before you're supposed to compete, finding out that you have COVID and can't? Or, like... I I would just... I, I just saw something where... I don't know if he was a Canadian athlete or if he was American or something, but that he tested positive for COVID... And he put out like some video about like how disappointed he was. And just like the idea of like essentially training your whole life for this one competition. And then like the day before you're going to compete, you can't. And it just sucks. I just can't imagine. It sucks. I always feel bad enough for the people who like don't make it past qualifying to get into the finals. I'm like, oh, that must suck. But like to actually, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, (laughs) yeah. Oh just uh, sounds like torture. I just yeah I love the idea <laughs> of the Olympics a lot I you know the whole like you know countries <laughs> essentially going into debt to build these stadiums and everything is so like uh, can we find out a different way to do this so that things are safer and not as crazy for certain poor countries but well, I just really I do depends. enjoy the Olympics so. <laughs> depends on how the government does the resources yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah sometimes you can make that money back just through the facilities themselves yeah yeah but I don't know, but but it's kind yeah. of weird to see them like going down this thing, and there's like a big like industrial like smokestack thing right next yeah. to them. I'm like this is a weird spot to put this in. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I know it's way past the Olympics when this is coming up, but <laughs> but still, you can watch reruns. Maybe I don't know if you can. If you have Peacock, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure there's some way. Probably on yeah. YouTube. Or YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, well, <laughs> so this has been our brain fart episode, but I think it still went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it's very entertaining. You know, if we're ever recording on a Saturday afternoon, just expect more of this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, next week, we're doing a Twin Peaks season two, mm-hmm. episode 14. And the next Sense and Sensibility chapters will be chapters 23 through 29 in two weeks. <laughs> the halfway point. Yes. Oh, I feel like I didn't realize that this book was that much thicker, but it's definitely a lot thicker. Definitely <laughs> bigger than Northanger Abbey and Persuasion, for yeah, sure. But so good. <laughs> I'm not sure if Northanger Abbey or Persuasion is longer, but I kind of feel like we're going in order of length. <laughs> It does feel like that because we still have a longer book left. <laughs> All the rest of them are longer. Pride and Prejudice is a little bit longer than Sense and Sensibility. And I'm not sure which is longer, Mansfield Parker or Emma, but they are both long. <laughs> longer than well, the rest. Best to build it up. Yes. From the least to the most. 
But if you would like to get in contact with us and, you know, tell us what you're thinking of these chapters. <laughs> yes. Let us know if you also despise Lucy Steele as much as Maya does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at mannersmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one minute voicemail if you hate Lucy Steele that much on our website at mannersmadness.com. <laughs> or if you would like to agree and or disagree with us about Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, give us, see if we were correct in how introspective and psychoanalytical. Being too hard on her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you think Jane Austen was an early uh, psychiatrist and we should try the same. (laughs) Right. Let us know. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you next week. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Good night.